everyone and welcome back to Season 3. I can't believe we're already here. Just a quick note, the first 20 minutes or so of the episode, my side of the audio wasn't quite right because my microphone was not on. Gee, I feel like Orson Welles when he introduced Dream Sequence. There is nothing wrong with your AirPods. I repeat, there is nothing wrong with your AirPods. Anyway, after the 20 minutes is up, everything is back to normal. So please enjoy The Sun Also Rises. Take it away, David. Mr. Radisson. Hola, gringos and gringettes. Whoa, could it possibly be? The almost undetectable, yet definitely unmistakable, collective silencio of an office full of people forced to go back to work? Shame on you. Vacation doesn't end. It just changes location! Mr. Pesto, hit it, muchacha! Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepard. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now this is going to take several years as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are and even if you have some trivia to disclose. Our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com and we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's Let's get started. (laughs) You're so funny, Shauna. You're excited to be back for season three. I'm excited to be back for season three. Just watching uh, The Sun Also Rises. I was like, this is Moonlighting. This is season three. (laughs) This is exciting. This is our jam. This is what we Hola, hola, gringos and gringettes. It's amazing that we've got to this point already. I mean, it seems fast. Season three. Season you know. three already. Oh, exciting. And now I just can't wait to talk about this season. It's so exciting. It's a wonderful season. It's the best season probably of any show ever. Well, that just goes without saying. Yes. I don't think anybody can argue that point. Well, they can try. They want to come on and try. <laughs> they can try. All they like, Shauna, it's not going to work. No, I don't think it's going to work on us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so where do we begin? All right. So we are talking about Season 3, Episode 1, The Sun Also Rises. It first aired on the 23rd of September 1986, and it was directed by Alan Arkish. It was written by Jeff Reno and Ron Osborne. The guest stars were Paul Sorvino, who plays David Addison Sr. Who would have thunk it that there was a David Addison Sr.? Didn't know. Bryn Thayer, who played Stephanie. 
F.J. O'Neill, who was the minister, and, of course, Charles Rocket returns, good old Richie Addison, and Edith Fields <laughs> as Dolores. Yes. The synopsis of this episode, Blue Moon has been on a two-week break for the holidays and everyone has returned refreshed and ready for work. David arrives still in holiday mode in his Mexican attire, wearing a sombrero, and immediately gets the Wobblies in a festive mood by singing La Bamba. David's father, David Addison Sr., played by Paul Sorvino, arrives in town to tell his son that he's getting married and he would like David to be his best man. David is very happy for him until he finds out that he knows his father's bride-to-be. David had a one-night stand with this woman. I put XXX years ago because there's a debate there, but anyway, I'll put four years ago. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be mostly the consensus, but yeah, yeah, not quite. (laughs) And he goes all out to avoid meeting her. This causes friction between father and son, so David Sr. asks Richie to be his best man instead. David breaks up the ceremony to speak to Stephanie, the bride-to-be, in private. During this conversation, David is surprised to learn that after all this, she does not remember him at all. (laughs) He's very full of himself, wasn't he? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Mr. Arrogant. But then he got a little cream pie in the face. He did. So just to start... As the cold open comes onto the screen, we see Maddie and David and side by side, shoulder to shoulder. I was just thinking of where we left off with Camille and had to see, you know, how how many months were in between season two and season three, which it looked like there were about four months in 1986. It was like May to September. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of leaving them um, outside of the studio where they where they were filming the episode. They walk to their cars, they drive off, and it's like, they just look like they've matured, I guess, in the four months. You know, if you look, if you think of those two characters, they were like that high school kicking rocks kind of thing. David's hair was kind of like that longer. Sybil's hair was kind of longer and flowy, you know what I mean? Like, and then, you know, of course, my first thought when me, when they come up on the screen is, what is with Sybil's helmet hair? <laughs> it's just like... Why is your hair like this all of a sudden? It's just like four months later, you know? And I know Bruce cut his hair like super, super short. Yeah. Showed up. He just showed up on set like that. And they were like, oh. Um, but, you know, it so becomes the character. But Maddie, and, you know, I'll talk about it throughout the episode, but her hair changes, you know, throughout the episode a bit. But isn't it just so big? I mean, it's a helmet. What is going on with that hair? <laughs> Those are my those were my yeah, first this, thoughts. Yeah, I think this is where it's the beginning of their how they change your haircut to to season five. How it gets that curly. Oh, um, anyway, it's a different style, completely different. It's like a a spiral, not a spiral, but it's just hair. It's like really, really curly and like teased, I guess, and then hair sprayed into place. Hair sprayed. You know, it just doesn't move like it did um, even season one and season two. They just had a little bit more, a yeah. little bit more mm, like natural well, movement. Maybe a hairstylist. Yeah. Maybe she had a chat with a hairstylist and they decide to come up with something new just for you, Shauna. Yeah, or maybe something that was less work. Maybe that stayed. Maybe it was constantly having to be like brushed and restyled or something like that. And 
Mm. Maybe maybe they were trying to find ways to like save her time in the makeup chair or something. I don't know, but oh, that's true too because you know she spends a lot of time there. Mm. Yeah, very. I know early calls for that and stuff like that. But okay, besides that, I mean, gorgeous, right? They're they're beautiful. They look in, like both in like such great shape. The color matching on the outfits. They're both wearing that kind of similar blue gray. I think this is the dress from Portrait of Maddie. Yes, I knew you were going to say something like that because I, I recognised the dress from somewhere, but I thought, oh, Shauna will tell me what episode it was. <laughs> yeah, just his tie, the grey, to her belt. I don't know, I, I kind of felt like they, you know, I mean, it's season three, right? They've been doing this a while. They've got money. The show's popular. You can tell season three is like raised a level quality-wise. Yeah. You know. Well, when you got mm-hmm. the money to get the quality, that's what happens. And they just look great. They just look like they are well-rested and they've been working out. <laughs> I don't know. Sybil looks thin in this episode, I think. Thinner. I mean, she's always like in good shape, but you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you're um, right. From the outset, they both look great in the episode. Absolutely fantastic. And her outfits are beautiful, and I'll talk about that later. But my favourite outfit is in this episode. Oh, okay, cool. Well, no, we discussed this in our first season of the podcast, and I wouldn't tell you which one it was, so here oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, good. Can't wait to hear all about that. So just the cold open here, what are your thoughts? Okay, going back to 1986 when it first aired, um, I thought it was hilarious, but I didn't get the ending. I didn't get it. I don't know about you, but I didn't get it. I know, Glenn, you got it, but (laughs) I didn't get it that the mother died because she died of shock because they didn't get an Emmy that year. Right. So, yes. Uh, now, Glenn has said in, in other interviews that because I think the Emmys were that's the Sunday right before this. Okay. And they lost um, all of them but one, I believe. The Emmy Awards in 1986 were the 21st of September and this aired on the 23rd. Yeah. The reason this cold open is in there is because they lost. They thought they would win all of these um awards because they were nominated for so many okay they he bought all these tickets they he said they had like a hundred people in the audience and there were these like like roars of applause every time they were nominated and they lost all of them but one which was like editing or something like that yeah it was um neil mandelberg so because they lost all of those awards that night when they came in the next on the next day on monday or tuesday Glenn wrote this quickly because he wanted to, you know, kind of comment. This was done like really last minute and as great of a writer as Glenn is. And of course he is. And he is, of course, used to writing like very last minute. I agree with you. I don't get this at all. I just don't. I mean, I don't know. It's like, I mean, I could nitpick it a little bit like the phone rings in the office and she's like, hello. David, it's your mom. You know, I don't know. It's just like what happened to Maddie Hayes' Blue Moon or I don't know. Like, um, You can kind of tell it's last minute or something. It's just to me, it's not doesn't work. And I don't like what this whole thing is saying that because she got a shock, she died. And, and it's really flippant. This is David's mother on an iron lung, life support, whatever. I mean, it's so flippant. Like David doesn't even care that his mom is sick and dying and... I don't know. I know it's a comedy and I know I shouldn't yeah. like be reading into it that much. Yeah. Um, but it just, the humor doesn't work to me. It's like, well, wait, Maddie and David are two people who really care about their families. 
but anyway, nobody would be like that flippant about their mom. Like just the acting. It's really like, David, it's your mom. Yeah. yeah. Hi, mom. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, it, it is a bit weird. Like his mother's never been mentioned before, has she? No. Yeah. Well, so. um, only in the train episode, Last Stop Murder, when when he says that his mom, you know, gets mad when he le- when he leaves on the electricity. Oh, and that's right. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yes, that's the only other time. Never, but we've never known if she's still alive or not. Yeah, we never know. Like, was there a divorce? Like, I don't know. In my mind, she died when David was a child. And I don't know if we get that from somewhere else, but like, yeah, was there a divorce? Why are the parents single and all this other stuff or separated or divorced or alone or whatever? But yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't find it that funny. I like cold opens. Of course. I love Maddie and David standing there, Sybil and Bruce, whoever, but I think, I don't know, just something could refer to like the fact that you lost all of these Emmy awards after being nominated for so many, but sorry, Glenn. Yeah. 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 I know it's um it's great that they've referred to the Emmys, but maybe not so much referred to the mother. Maybe it could have been something else. Yeah, not like so, oh, David's mom died because we didn't win these awards or something. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it, taking it too seriously. I just didn't think any of it worked. What I did like within it, Maddie and David doing that telephone thing. You know, all I thought you'd people. like that, Shauna. Yeah, <laughs> I always love that. I think it's yeah. super cute. <laughs> So overall, it's not your cup of tea either. I mean, it's not your favorite cold open or what? No, no. I mean, I enjoy it because, you know, we like to see them in a cold open. Same kind of things, yeah. And when he says he won last year, they're not going to give it to him again. Mm-hmm. Moonlighting had 16 nominations that year. Let me clarify that. Yeah, yeah. They won one for editing. Yep. The year before, Benson is definitely a comedy. So I think it was Robert whatever his last name is, for Benson, that's comedy. And then William Daniels, I think. From um, St. Elsewhere. Yeah. Right. Okay. That was drama. Yeah, that's right. I typed this before I realised that Moonlighting was under drama series. I thought it was under comedy, which it isn't. It was the Golden Girls that won that year instead of Moonlighting. Okay. And, yeah, that was kind of always one of the, they never really knew what category to put it in. Really, because it was part comedy. It was a dramedy, really. Because when I was looking up the Emmy Awards, I was looking up comedy and then I realised that Bruce won for a drama series. I'm like, oh, it must be under a different category. So I was getting more confused. Anyway, I know. all good. It is confusing. Now, how old was Irma Addison when she died and she met her demise on the show? Because so she was born in 1922 and died in 1986, so she would have been 60-something. 64 anyway so it made her um the right age just to belabor my point (laughs) he calls his mom babe and it it doesn't none of it rings true to me Nah, babe we got it in the bag you know something like that no babe it's just hard to hear you with that iron lung working (laughs) (laughs) how respectful and kind of flippant about this whole situation which i'm not buying yeah but he does it well. He goes, 16 nominations. We can't lose. It's in the bag, you know. Yeah, we got it in the bag, yeah. Because I think that's what they thought before they went to the Emmy Awards. Well, you know what? If you had 16 nominations, wouldn't you think you'd win at least, I don't know, three or four? How did they not win? How did they I mean, not win? Huge hit show at the time. That was one of the biggest shows, getting super high ratings, and you give it to these people? 
even William. I know that is just rude. Exactly. I looked up an iron lung, and I really regret it. Oh God! I never knew what they looked like. An iron lung is a type of negative pressure ventilator, so it's an MPV, a mechanical respirator which encloses most of a person's body and varies the air pressure in the enclosed space to stimulate breathing. It assists breathing when muscle control is lost or the work of breathing exceeds the person's ability. So it was a like a long metal thing in the shape of a capsule, I guess, a tablet, and yeah. the person actually was slid into there and the images were, oh, my God. Oh, Obviously, awful. we've advanced since then, thank God, but wow. Awful. I won't look up the images on that one. No, I don't. It's not nice. Anything else on the, the cold open there? Oh, no, he says 16 nominations, kid. We can't lose. It's in the bag. Okay. Yeah, kid. He calls his mom kid. No, don't like it. Funny, but that was a very last, last, last minute thing. They probably they probably did that on Tuesday, maybe Monday. Doc, Doc, don't worry about it. 16 nominations, kid. We can't lose. It's in the bag. Yeah, you said that, doctor. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was nice. I like how they welcome people to a new season anyway. And it's nice to see them and they're looking wonderful and she was looking gorgeous and he's looking so handsome. You know what? I don't know what we're complaining about. Mm, you're right, because we're really only here just to look at how beautiful Sybil and Bruce are. <laughs> that's, all, that's all we're here for. I don't, I don't even know why we talk about anything else, really. <laughs> that's true. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See you. Bye. <laughs> but I remember watching it thinking, yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And I didn't get the the black screen showing that the mother died. I didn't get that the, that yeah. was the reason that she died. Right. But, yes. Yeah. yeah. Until you like think about it. And yeah. But then again, you know what? You've got to be quick on moonlighting. You've got to pick it up, girlfriend. It's got to be I quick. Know, I know. Yes. Yes. It's always quick. That is true. All right. And then we have the, the credits. And I don't think the credits change from season two to season three, unless I'm wrong. Still pictures from the pilot. Yeah, same I checked like, that. It looked the same to me. I didn't really go picture by picture. I think it's the same. Someone can let us know. I don't feel like doing a side by side at the moment, but if anyone thinks it changed from season two to three. So um, real quick, um, the, the title, The Sun Also Rises. I think that the double meaning is that, you know, the sun also, the sun, S-O-N, yes. <laughs> also rises, right? They both slept with the same woman, so there's the double meaning. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, The Sun Also Rises is a book, famous mm -hmm. book by Ernest Hemingway. So obviously, yeah, taken from that, but the double meaning with the plot line is David and the father both rose to the occasion and slept with Stephanie. Yes, I agree. It's a 1926 novel by Ernest Hemingway. It's interesting because it's sort of got a similar, not similar story, but there are similar things in the book to the episode. It portrays American and British expatriates who travel from Paris to the Festival of San Fermin in Pamplona to watch the running of the bulls and the bullfights. So it's not Mexico, but they've gone to Spain. And it's interesting because the novel was published in the United States in October 1926 
And then a year later, Jonathan Cape published the novel in London under the title Fiesta. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it says here the characters are based on people in Hemingway's circle and the action is based on events, particularly Hemingway's life in Paris in the 1920s and a trip to Spain in 1925. So, mm. The other thing I thought of too, because I recently saw a documentary and one of the founders of MGM was Louis B. Mayer and he happened to be David O. Selznick's father-in-law. Mm. So because of that and Gone with the Wind and it did so well and David O. Selznick got his way a lot basically because of Louis B. Mayer being his father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And in the industry it was known that the sun also rises uh, <laughs> because he got his way. and yeah. yeah, interesting. Bit of nepotism there. Nepo family. Okay, so um, anyway, we get through the credits and now we're back at Blue Moon, pushing in through the window. We see their on vacation sign. (laughs) (laughs) Phone is ringing. Now, um, DePesto's message. Yes. Anything? (laughs) Any comments? What do you think I'm going to say? I love her messages. All right, good. And and uh, I think I'm answering my own question, but we've we've never heard that message before, right? I mean, no. they've never been gone for that long. This is all a new message, okay? Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, I do have some questions about the landlord's message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> the voice sounds like a particular actor, and I can't think of his name. But Who, I was it too. Who's the voice? Yeah. He was a baddie in Hill Street Blues. And I just can't think of his name right now. But anyway, um, go ahead. What are your thoughts on the landlord's message? Just again, I like that he's rhyming like back to Agnes. But my big question is why hasn't Maddie paid the rent? I mean, it's Maddie. Maddie's on top of these things. She's always crunching her numbers. She's okay. It's 1986. Maybe the, there was an automatic bill payment. Maybe she went on vacation. She did say when Agnes brought the mail later that today, but it's mostly bills. But I don't know. It doesn't seem a little out of character that Maddie's just gone away on vacation, hasn't paid the rent, you know, to leave the landlord calling about it. And how does he know that the toilet's backed up and, you know, the place smells like heck and all these other things? <laughs> You're right. I think, um, I think she's overlooked it. She's always doing her ledger when anybody walks into her office and she's always on her calculator. The rent's two weeks late. Your toilet's backed up. Mm. Well, I suppose if he's the landlord, maybe there's a building manager that has to go around and check things when people are on leave. I don't know. (laughs) But it's a funny poem. I love it. The rhyming back is good. I just always feel like it's a little out of character that Maddie hasn't paid the rent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think of that. I am not amused by your trip out of state. This is your landlord. The rent's two weeks late. Your toilet's backed up and the place smells like heck. If you want me to fix it, then send me a check. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah, funny. And then we cut to Maddie, sleeping Maddie. For the update time. Yep, that same. You know, yeah, that's cool that, like, kind of continuity there you know from like the pilot and stuff her you know that long we didn't get the pictures on the wall pan but we got the pan of her up the bed 
and her alarm goes off, which wakes her up. Then it kind of transitions into the whistling, whistle while you work. And yeah. Maddie looks so excited. Yeah, the look on her face is like, oh, I'm going to see David today. Yeah, it's kind of like the day I've been waiting for. We're back, you know. And sorry, but I'm going to comment on her hair all the way along. And her hair is natural. Her hair looks like it got a good cut from like where we saw her four months ago. But it's like nothing's been done to it. It's just down and natural, which I think. But I like it like that. It looks so much better. I just don't understand why they had to do that. But I never will. So, And you get another glimpse of that in Symphony, but it's really flat. Yeah, it is. Um, and then the straight poop. And the straight poop, it looks perfect. That's how they should have left it all the time. Had a yes. little clip, super cute. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. They seem to want to go, I don't know, maybe, look, we're talking the 80s, so that's the fashion, but they seem to really want to go a bit overboard and, and buffing it up, and especially the day that Sam was supposed to come over. It was all right out here, you know. hate that. Crazy. Caramba. Now, her nighty could be the same one from Rainbow. Looks All right, it yeah. Had, it had that kind of like lacy strap. Um, but we're already up to outfit two. It's cute. One thing I was thinking, and when we were talking to Danielle at some point, or maybe what were we watching with Danielle? Oh, maybe it was when we had the live It's a Wonderful Job episode. Danielle was like, the things on her side table and behind her bed, the little ledge behind her bed are different to the items. I mean, of course, we can't keep track of everything, but I was like, okay. you know, it might be fun. And, you know, whenever we see Maddie's bedroom, we should see like what's on the side table and behind the, yes. on the left, you know? Yes. Like this one is just like um, kind of a, maybe it's a candle holder or a crystal, maybe crystal candle holder. I'm not sure what it is. Or just a statue kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just trying to see what she's, but you can't really tell. We will see Maddie's bedroom. A little bit more these days. I'll wait until she gets up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she looks really beautiful in the scene. She gets up and her, hair's, her hair looks already done, really. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I just wish they would leave it like that. Yeah. But, yes, I would say that Sybil at the beginning of season three, and oh, my gosh, Grace, because we will have to compare to the end of season three. But she looks really well-rested. They both look like they've had a nice break. Yeah. I don't think the well-rested look last. No, I mean, she looks beautiful in season three. I'm just saying there's points in season three where they look really exhausted, both of them, from the schedule, you know? Yeah, that's really obvious. This episode, they look great, and mm -hmm. the okay. schedule's just going to carry on how it was before, so they're just going to get tired again. <laughs> yeah. If you think about it, it is still a quick turnaround, four months. And I hate to say it, but in a way, although great episode and it's season three and we're all excited there's a lot of goofs and errors in this episode so it's like what does that say the very first episode of season three and it's this piece together already yeah there's a lot of bits and pieces i have questions about okay let's get to it because here we are you know us we'll be here till midnight all right <laughs> okay <laughs> oh i just remembered who the voices on the answering machine, the landlord. This is who I think it is. His name is Robert Costanzo. And here's where there's another six degrees. <laughs> I just thought of it. This is where there's another six degrees of Bruce Willis because this guy was in Die Hard 2. Oh. 
And if you're a diehard fan, you'll know the voice because he played Sergeant Vito Lorenzo, which was, do you remember the guy played by um, Dennis Franz, you know, the policeman that ran the airport? His brother, he's the one that gave him the parking ticket at the start of the movie. So that's Robert Costanzo, another six degrees of Bruce Willis. Interesting. That's cool. So going back, yeah, she wakes up to Whistle While You Work, which everybody would recognise from the 1937 animated series Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And it's actually sung by a lady called Adriana Elena Loretta Casalotti, and she was um, the voice of Snow White. Oh, she Mm. was. That's the other thing I found interesting about her is that in 1946 she had an unaccredited role in Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, really? Singing in Martini's Bar as James Stewart is praying. So next time I watch it, I'll have to take note of that. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, feet out of the elevator, and I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, I thought it was a great choice of music because you get Agnes coming out of the elevator and it's just her type of song, isn't it? Yes, very whimsical and happy for Agnes. Yeah, so was this the first time that we got Agnes's feet out of the elevator? I reckon it is because I know she does it again in um, Little Shiksa. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've had Agnes's feet. We've had Agnes coming out of the elevator. I don't know about the feet. Yeah, I think what it's else a... do I have to bloody keep track of? Seriously. Oh, I know. <laughs> yes. yes, and she's actually singing. She's actually singing part of the song as she comes out of the elevator too. But you can't hear it very well. But, you know, of course, with my AirPods, I can hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how she's hidden behind her plant. Yeah. And it's really good. She walks in completely covered by the plant. And yeah. I love how she puts her bag down and looks at Maddie's door. I love this part. She puts mm-hmm. her bag down. She looks at Maddie's door. Then she looks yeah. at David's door and then she does this facial expression with her eyes. It's just the best. I love it. She's so excited to be back. Yes. And I think that was really the real way that they were kind of welcoming the viewers back. This is like the real start to the show here, you know, where it's like looking at her, looking at Maddie's door, looking at David's door and being like, we're in for a treat, you know, we're back and this is going to be great. The first blooper I see, it's not a major blooper, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the first blooper I noticed is the phone is facing the wrong way than what it was when the landlord rang. That's a good catch. When the camera's going towards the phone, it's got to sort of be facing the camera on an angle. But now that Agnes has come back to work, it's completely facing the other way. So that's the first blooper I noticed. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so Agnes is back in the office. She's, you know, giving a nod to each of the doors. We know it's coming. It's Maddie and David. I mean, we're back. Yay. Then we get another elevator door opening, and we have the workers, the Blue Moon workers, the Wobblies coming out of the elevator. Funny, such a timestamp. They're all looking at their vacation pictures, sharing their pictures (laughs) in those little white envelopes that we used to get, you know. That's what I thought. I was looking at. Especially Christine, she's holding the I'm thinking the old envelope you used to go and pick up at the Our Photo place. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. So good. Uh, in fact, I saw a really fitting meme today on Instagram. It said, um, like kids today will never know 
the agony of waiting a week to have your film developed to see if they're useless or not. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so true. You never knew what you were taking. It was going to have a finger in front of it, a smudge on the camera, some light, you know. That's right. Like funny. A lot of the photos, you know, you might have got back, you chopped their heads off or chopped their legs off or or chopped yeah. somebody off the side, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. And it was expensive, too, to have all that film developed and everything. Mm. And, you know, in a way, it's like, I mean, now that we have our iPhones and we just take pictures for free all day long, you had to take when the roll was done, make sure not to expose it to the sun and That's get right. it to the, put it in a little container and bring it to the place and took a week for them to develop it. And then you came back and fingers crossed you had a photo in there. <laughs> and you had to make sure, and you had to make sure the um, flash was on if it was at night time, because otherwise yeah. it wasn't going to work. Oh my gosh. Everything. It was like such a feat. I'm shocking. We have any photos from that time. So yeah, that was pretty funny. So the wobblies come in the door and they're all a buzz. They all seem like they're one unit you know, they all seem like they're like excited to see each other and talking and. Yes. And they're completely ignoring Agnes. She welcomes them back and I had a good time too. Want to see my tan line? And she's looking at the photos and it's, oh, ooh, that's great. So now just my thought is like um, from looking at how they treated Agnes, no one was like, Agnes, you know, they just went right to their desks and they like blew past her and, you know, pay any attention to her. And then we're going to talk about it here in a minute, but just their reaction to Maddie. It's like, are the workers assholes? (laughs) (laughs) Shauna and I would love you to come and join our Moonlighting community You can follow our Moonlighting the Podcast Facebook page You can also follow us on Twitter at moon underscore podcast 85 As well as our YouTube channel You can also join our Moonlighting the Podcast Facebook group Where we talk about everything Moonlighting What could be better than that? Are they just a bunch of assholes or what? Like, yeah, they. I think they are. They're very ungrateful for the job yeah. they've got because I'll tell you what, they don't have to do anything until later on in the series. But <laughs> yeah, no, they no just—they're not appreciative of Maddie and David at all, and they just—they just look at them blankly. Yeah, and they're rude, Agnes. Anyway, they're a bunch of selfish assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've yeah. determined with the uh, wobblies, the workers, no work and pay. They've always got a sourpuss face on. Yeah. And and you yeah. know what? Like you said, it would be annoying if it was just to Maddie and not to David, but they actually do do it to both. They give attitude to both. Mm. They're equal opportunist sourpuss faces. Resting sourpuss face. <laughs> okay. We finally got the terminology right. <laughs> <laughs> so Maddie pops in the door. Looking pretty hot. With her sunnies. Yes, with her sunnies. Looking very happy. She comes in with like a huge smile. Like this episode, she's just really happy, you know, but nobody hears. Nobody pays attention. Nobody's listening. And yeah, she's kind of like, okay. Like she wants people to notice. She wants, Mm. yeah, wants to, you know, be noticed. Kind of like Agnes a a moment ago. So she slams the door. Slams the door, of course. First slam. Yep. There's number one for season three. Didn't take long. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, Miss Hayes. Everybody kind of stops and looks over. And, and by the way, I love Sybil's hair here. It's not so sprayed. It's definitely looking more natural. Yes. It looks curly, but not frozen to frozen in time and <laughs> not like shellacked, you know. It's not so buffy. It's just a nice style. 
She looks refreshed. Exactly. Yeah. So she's wearing a white dress, which is number three, outfit three for mm-hmm. this episode. And um, yeah, it's a new dress. Not, some, not something we've seen before. A little bit, I'd say different style, almost like kimono style or kind of. I don't know, maybe. You know, the, the V in the front. The V neck, yeah. Yeah, the arms that are a little bit looser. Yeah, it's so, a beautiful dress. Yeah, I like that dress. And this is what I mean by everything is up to level. It looks really expensive. And it looks like they put yeah, some money they're getting, into them. They're getting more money for um, beautiful material, great designs. And it's a really nice material. Yeah. yeah. It's got shoulder pads. So she gives a little speech to the Wobblies. Can I just ask a question? Do you guys only get two weeks holiday a year? A lot of places, yeah, I only get two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Vacation time. No, it's not. Yeah, vacation time. And then you accrue more. The longer you work somewhere, you can accrue more. Yeah. Yeah. She's all really happy to be back. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, Miss Hayes. Well, it's it's good to see you back and back, all back safe and sound. Looking forward to that next 50 weeks. I'm like, oh, my God, 50 weeks. Um, to giving it that 200%, to putting in that good hard day's work, day after day, week after week, month after month, to really keeping our noses to the grindstone, our shoulders to the wheel, and uh, uh, all the parts where they're supposed to go. <laughs> well, it's so good to see you all back safe and sound. Looking forward to that next 50 weeks, to giving it that 200%, to putting in that Good, hard day's work, day after day, week after week, month after month, to really keeping our noses to the grindstone, our shoulders to the wheel, and and uh, uh, all other parts, uh, where are they supposed to go? <laughs> yeah, she really fizzled out at the end of that, didn't she? <laughs> she really stopped it, was... it up at the end. Agnes, of course, claps. But can the Wobblies be bothered? They stand there with their mouths, like, literally open, like, why is she saying this? Why is she talking to us? <laughs> But uh, Agnes is happy to see her and she follows Maddie right into her office and they both have big smiles and they're both like really excited. And yeah, Agnes is just ha- really happy to see Maddie and wants to know all about her summer vacation. Yeah. I love how Maddie goes, so how was it? And Agnes goes, great. Your speakers always give me goosebumps. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was funny. So Agnes tells her about her holiday and Sounds like she had a beautiful holiday. Oh, it sounds wonderful. She went to mm-hmm. Tibet. She climbed a mountain. She met the Holy Lama. No, I mean your vacation. Oh, well, it was great too, especially Tibet. I climbed a mountain. I met the Holy Lama. I learned all about the road to spiritual awareness. And as she's saying this, Maddie's like, what? Huh? The expression on her face, she's like, wow. And then that's it. She doesn't ask her anymore. Agnes says, how was yours? And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop right there. I want to know more about Agnes's holiday. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's possible, but I'm not sure Tibet is somewhere you go for tan lines. But (laughs) I have to point out everything. I'm sure it's pretty hot. So there you go. Maybe she's wearing a tank top. Well, yes. So what I get out of this scene, it's like Maddie almost feels a little bit embarrassed about her trip because Agnes had such a deep experience in Tibet and everything and really had this meaningful holiday. And Maddie was in New York. I shopped, I slept, Mm -hmm. 
I ate. <laughs> uh, it was funny. It was just like such the total opposite holiday. I have a question. Yeah. It's a very deep question. I don't know what your answer is going to be like, and I don't know what you feel about my question, though, Shauna. I'll dig in there. Did Maddie really go to New York? Yes, I think she did. You think she did? Yeah, because Agnes asked her about it and David asked her about it. So it doesn't mean she went, though. I think she went because she used to live there. And I don't know. It's like Maddie, she probably wanted to go somewhere, but she just went back to the familiar in a way. Mm. And I think she did go and sleep and shop and eat. And that's and, all she did. And that's all she did. Yeah. Seriously, she really needed David with her to have a good time. Yes, of course. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think she went, but I think she only went because everyone else seemed to be going somewhere and she didn't want to be the only one that stayed in L.A. So she decided, oh, well, I'll just go to New York. I think it was just kind of a last minute, but I don't think she did much. I don't think she even had fun. No. What about you? What do you think? Well, I was just sort of wondering because yeah. she's just sort of uh, saying, oh, I slept, I ate, <laughs> I shopped. She doesn't sound very convincing. Either that or you're right. She's feeling a little bit embarrassed. Yeah. She didn't have a ball like an exciting or a spiritual yeah. type of holiday like Agnes did. Exactly. So, who knows? Hope she went and, you know, at least, you know, got away from LA and did some shopping and come back and she's all refreshed. Can't complain about uh, that. Yes, I would say she went. Don't think she had a good time. Think I think she was. That's why she's so excited to get back to Blue Moon. I, like, I think she likes work. I think she likes David. I think it gives her purpose. And I think she was bored and kind of lonely in New York. That's mm -hmm. my analysis. Yeah. But yes, her vacation doesn't compare to DePesto. So she's just like, uh, <laughs> okay. So it kind of gets awkward. And Maddie's like, didn't I hear your phone ringing? <laughs> and I was like, was it? You know? Yeah, she was feeling a little uncomfortable with, and awkward with that conversation with Agnes pretty quickly there. And then Agnes starts to walk away and, oh, Mr. Pesto. And Agnes says, no, Mr. Addison isn't in yet. And Maddie says she wasn't going to ask that. And Agnes looks at her in a priceless way again, as if to say, please, yes, you were. Don't bullshit me. My name is Agnes de Pesto, and I know you better than you know yourself. Oh, Mr. Pesto. Mr. Addison isn't in yet. Excuse me? Mr. Addison, if you're going to ask me, is he here yet? I just want you to know he isn't. Oh. Well, I wasn't. Well then. Well then. Well then. Yeah. Yeah, Agnes is totally giving her attitude, you know. Elise is perfect at expressions to explain how she feels without actually saying anything. So good. I know. Now, when she said, oh, Mr. Pesto, what do you think she was going to ask? Do you think she was going to ask about David or? What else could there have been? I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything else. She wouldn't have been asking for the mail and the messages. I, guess I don't know, not. Shauna. What do you think? <laughs> I feel like she would have been like, David and yet? She's asked that before. I don't know, like, if she would stop her specifically to, I guess in my true heart of hearts, I don't feel like that's what she was going to ask Mr. Pesto, but maybe she, I don't know. But like you said, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> what else is there to ask? Yeah. And then Agnes leaves. Okay. And then as Agnes leaves, she shuts the door. And as she shuts her door, David enters and slams the door open. Yes. This is six minutes in. We haven't seen David six minutes. Yeah, six minutes. But we are getting to, at least we didn't start with the case and stuff like that. We are getting to 
Dave and Maddie, Blue Moon, you know, all that pretty quickly. Yes. Can't yes. say for every episode. So at least, hey, we've been waiting. It's, you know, through the summer holidays, 1986. And here we are, a new moon landing episode. Thank you, Glenn, for getting us right to the people we want to see. Da, 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 da. <laughs> You're back. <laughs> I was so happy. Now I picked something up, Shauna. For what? I picked something up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell me. I'm listening intently. I got really high. No, actually, I had it, didn't have it up high. And I heard something and I thought, oh, that sounds like something. So I turned it up, rewound it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Agnes walks out and you hear the, all the wobblies talking. Okay. Right? There's all these little, 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 you know, mumble jumble in the background. Yep. And right at the end of it, it's Bruce's voice. Mm. So he was in that audio. Mm. You listen to it. It's just the last little bit. I'm positive, 100%, that uh-huh. it was Bruce's voice in that audio that they used as a background for the Wobblies. Okay. So, in other words, they've taken a bit of sound of a lot of people talking at once. And he's another, in it. From another part of the show or another recording and put it here over the image of them talking in the background. Is that what you mean? No. it's. Or, no, it just sounds like they've done an they've done an audio of them all talking together and included yeah. him for some reason. And he was in it. Okay. And right at the end, you listen to it. I'm swear to God, mm. it's Bruce. Okay. Wars. Yep. I'll analyze that one. Yeah. Okay. And just before he does the da 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 da, that's when you can hear it. Hey, Mr. Addison, you're back. <laughs> okay, I wrote, is she surprised? <laughs> Why does she sound surprised that he's back? No, I think she's just excited Wait. that he's back. She doesn't say it in a way that, oh, you're back. Okay. No, but you're back. Well, why wouldn't he be back? back? Yay. You're back. Okay. All right. I don't know. I was taking that. I was like, is there something weird there? I know what you mean. Okay. Anyway, the things he says here are pretty funny. Oh, um, yeah. You know, due to extra, um, certain extradition laws. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, oh. And then he mentioned. Hola. Gringos and gringets. And that's when she says, you're back. Yes, is true. Yes, is true. I love that. Yes, um, is true. Yeah. This is him, backed by popular demand and certain outdated extradition laws. And then he looks over his glasses. Yeah. The gringo who put the F back in siesta. Now, what's that about? The F. He doesn't say S. Yeah. I know. He I know. Put the yes. F back in siesta. I think they skipped that past the senses, to be honest. Um, Wait, a siesta is sleep? Yes. Okay. Um, that's funny. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank the you. F- okay. Oh, I think you're right. God, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm testing it. I think you're right. The F back in siesta. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Go on. In other words, you're not getting a siesta. You're getting something else. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, the man to whom Speedy Gonzalez once said, whoa, dude, slow down. I love that part. Whoa, dude, slow down. Mr. Radisson. Hola. Gringos and gringettes. You're back. Yes, it's true. This is him. Backed by popular demand and certain outdated extradition laws. The gringo who put the F back in siesta. The man to whom Speedy Gonzalez once said, Whoa, dude, slow down. Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> and you know what? So when I, one of the branches I worked at years and years and years ago, there was a staff member there that always called me Speedy Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Because I was always yes, running around doing that. doing stuff, and oh, she yeah. goes, "Speedy, calm down." <laughs> and it always reminds me <laughs> yeah. of David yeah. saying that. That's funny. The hombre to whom the Queen of England once told, and then he stops and he realizes that the Wobblies are not happy to be back at work. Mm-hmm. Shame on you! And they've all got their heads down. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> it's just like. You know, when you're at school and the teacher's telling you off and the kids have got their heads down. <laughs> they are like their kids. Now, he says, don't just sit there like a plate full of refried beans, right? Yeah. But he says, don't sit there like a flight of refried beans. Really? Yeah. <laughs> He's got his uh, dialogue all kind of. Yeah. But I suppose the cut was too good. They didn't want to do right. it again, maybe. Do it again. Like a, a flate full of refried beans? Is yeah. that what he says? Yeah, he says flate, yeah. A flate full of refried beans? Okay, yep. Don't just sit there like a flate full of refried beans. Vacation doesn't end. It just changes location. Mr. Pesto, hit it. Go, go, you kids. Hit it, muchacha. And she just happens to have a record player under her desk, which is very <laughs> convenient. I'm going to do a Maddie. How convenient. Convenient. But, 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 they have had a record player in the office before, haven't they? No, During it's a radio cassette. It's a radio cassette. Uh, okay. Yep. So conveniently, she has a 45 record player. <laughs> yeah. He's, and he throws the 45 at her. And it's funny how, you know what? It's, I think it's amazing how many things he's got under his poncho, Shauna. I know. I know. Isn't that funny? Yes. So uh, David goes to the door and makes out he's playing a, a guitar. Hit it, muchacha. And he starts singing La Bamba by Richie Valens. The song is best known from a 1958 adaptation of Richie Valens. 
a top 40 hit in the US charts. Valen's version is ranked number 345 on the Rolling Stone magazine's list of 500 greatest songs of all time. La Bamba has been covered by numerous artists, notably by Los Lobos, uh, whose version was the title track of the 1987 film La Bamba. Their version reached number one in many charts in the same year. So it was a very popular little snappy song, wasn't it? Yes. So much music in this episode and two Disney songs. I know. And there's more coming. I know. Where did he get the ass from? <laughs> yeah. It must have been waiting at the front door for him because he went and grabbed it. <laughs> I think he like set some things down by the front door as he came in, I guess, you know, before anyone saw him. <laughs> One thing I was going to mention is, um, you know, he mentions the Queen of England. Mm. And the crazy thing is she was the Queen of England then, 1986, mm. mm-hmm. and just died last year. So that's a pretty cool reference that, but could have been the same any year up until uh, up until now, really. Yeah. No, oh, she was coronated in 1953. Mm, yeah, like and oh, and yeah. well before that, right? Yeah. It, was, it was like the longest. Uh, yeah, she's the longest reigning monarch. Yeah. 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 Longer than Queen Victoria. Wow. So, uh, yeah, he hangs up the um. So, uh, he <laughs> he hangs up the pinata. <laughs> And he kind of gets the kids busy, gets the kids kind of um, involved in activity mm-hmm. um, before he asks Agnes. Oh, I guess I have a couple of questions before that. Okay. But maybe not. Maybe it is right at this point. Um, so he gets them involved in the pinata. He, anyone who wants to go first, step forward about face. Okay. So they want, obviously want Agnes to take the swings first or he wants Agnes yeah. to. Yeah. O'Neill, Simmons, hanging patrol. And then he says armpits because they have to put their armpits out. Mm-hmm. Um, will our first volunteer please take one step forward about face? Then he looks at the camera with his glasses. Mr. Festo, come on down! Is that from The Price is Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Any requests? Cigarette? Me? Yeah, that's the part I don't get. What? <laughs> Any last requests? Cigarette? It's like, mm, me? That, that's what he says, me? I'm like, is that what he's saying, me? Yeah. So he's covering her eyes with a bandana and it's like it's a hanging. So he's saying any last requests or any last things you want to say or. Last requests? Cigarette? Okay. I don't know. That's just the way I took it. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Just keep your eye on the ass. (laughs) And then, of course, he says, Maddie in. She's a really bad shot, by the way, the poor darling. Yeah, I know. Just kind of keep spinning around and. He wasn't even aiming high enough. Yeah, she didn't hit it once in a way because we don't know what Maddie was going to ask, but we can assume that one of the first things on each of their minds was, is the other one in, which is cute. Yeah, so it just comes back to that. Maddie wants to know if David's in and David wants to know if Maddie's in. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, one thing I noticed, um, Bruce has a lot of like blushy makeup on, which I think they were trying to make look like a tan. Or maybe that, like he got burned. Oh, I thought he'd he'd actually got tanned because he was on holidays, and that's just how they had to put darker makeup on him. I don't know. No, to me, it looked like fake blusher. Like they're adding color now. Yeah, I'm sure. Just because if you see, like, say, season four, Bruce, when he's got a house near the beach, <laughs> he's very olivey. 
you know, he, he yeah. actually tans, he turns it into like an olive tan, you know, oh. he's got that kind of skin here. It just really looks like a blusher. I mean, take a look at it. It looks, it looks, it looks like makeup to me. I don't think every time I watch it, I notice that it's just too orange. Well, it's a bit hard to tell at the start because he's got his hat on. Well, you can see when he takes his hat off too, but I can see it, especially when he's telling them like about face or whatever, getting them in line. Look at the close up on that. It looks orange. You know what I think? The hats moved the makeup, brushed his makeup off the top of his forehead. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe, yeah. Because the rest of his skin isn't that color. Anyway, <sighs> he uh, slips into Maddie's office and there's a goof. Oh, for heaven's sake, that bloody dice. Yep. Oh, my God. As he slips into Maddie's office, as the door kind of closes behind him, there are two dice hanging off of his hat, but one dice falls off. But magically reappears a moment later as he sets the hat down on the chair. Yes. (laughs) So he's wearing it. I'm just having a quick look. He's wearing it there. And then he walks into Maddie's office. It falls off just as the door closes. Oh, I haven't I never noticed that. Yep. Oh, it gets as caught in the door. Yeah, it gets caught in the door. Oh, I didn't off. notice that. I just noticed that oh. it, when he walked in, it wasn't there. Oh, yeah. Well, there were yeah, there were two, and then it falls off. You can see it fall off. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> right? I never noticed that. Hmm. And and they didn't notice it either. They didn't notice it either, apparently. And then he walks forward and he's taking the hat off and there's only one die. Yeah. And then they do a wide shot where he continues to uh, set the hat down on the chair and there are two dice on the hat. So they're magically oh, back. I can't deal with this. I can't. Isn't on, off, on, off. I oh, know. Yes. That is so, so funny. Yeah, that's a big one, right? That's huge. Yeah. That is so good. I didn't notice that he broke it off as he walked in the door. That is such a great groove. That's mm-hmm. in the top five. Seriously. Mm, that's a good one. That is a good one. Forget Maddie's shoes. Let's talk about dice. Yeah. The other little, not a goof, but the thing I noticed as he walks in, the way the Wobblies were standing before he walked in and then compared to how they're standing when he walks in, when the camera is in Maddie's office, they've moved over so that you could see them through the door. But they're in the same order. I checked that. They're in the same order. Yep. But you can just see them behind him Mm. um, door this time. Yeah. I get that. And when Bruce finally gets to Sybil, um, different day, different hair. The part is all the way over and really swooped in the front. The first scene when she was like talking to Agnes and the Wobblies and giving the speech and all of that stuff. It's just a little bit of a swoop. You know, it, it was uh, more natural, like we saw. You know what I mean? It was, anyway, different hair, different day. When she's with David in the office, the swoop is really long compared yep. to when she was talking yeah. to Agnes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. 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 So, my goodness, Grace. <laughs> this look between them. I mean, you know, we're back. Season three. Chemistry. Yeah. That look. But Okay. If you want to see chemistry example right here, this look between them, just, just this, you know, her little smile, like as soon as their eyes meet and that little smile, is just like, you know, bouncing between them. It's like super, super chemistry. This is a stick up. Give me all your clothes and por favor, do it slowly. Eh? 
you'll need a bigger gun. And I like how she says, you're going to need a bigger gun. Which oh, that's great. I think is a reference to Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. When yeah. um, Roy Scheider says to Robert Shaw in Jaws, when he first sees the huge shark. You're going to need a bigger boat. Classic mm-hmm. line. Yes, that's good. That's a good reference. But good response as well. You need a bigger gun. You want these clothes off. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And do it slowly. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. That's a little peek into what David's fantasy is. Yeah. Then he says, you're not going to join the party, huh? Takes off his hat. And she says, I thought I'd let you get it out of your system. And he says, took care of that at home. Little brand, couple shots of prune juice. But, uh, <laughs> David, TMI. <laughs> now I remember why I needed a vacation. <laughs> exactly. It's all coming back to her very quickly. <laughs> but he's convinced that she has missed him, which she denies at the start. Oh, yeah, the start. And then they ask each other if they enjoy their holiday. And of course, he says the sun rises in New York first. So you got to tell me. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to find out if she's met a friend or two, one or two, three or four, whatever. One or two. Well, one or two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think David is very much prying to see if uh, what Maddie got up to on her vacation, if she mm. hooked up with anybody and what did he get up to in Mexico, I can only imagine. Oh, God. <laughs> I like how she says to him, what about you? Did you have a good time? Good time. Okay. And Sybil southern accent on that did you have a good time when she says time that's very southern so they're both very flirty sybil's very flirty her southern accent comes out definitely on that line almost you know how this show does it's almost sybil and bruce being happy to see each other here too you know what i mean that we're back on set we're you know yeah it's been a few months here we are a little giddy happy to see each other as well i think they refreshed and i think let's give it another go let's make this work yep i agree your turn did you have a good time me? In Mexico? <laughs> Are you kidding? Me and Mexico go together like Abbott and Costello. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Montezuma and Revenge. <laughs> that's funny. That's Mr. Now, Montezuma. Mr. Montezuma loves you. I know. That's right, Mr. Montezuma. Now, clearly, I think, this has been overdubbed. Yes. I did notice yeah. parts of this episode, the lip syncing doesn't match. The lip syncing doesn't match and the... The volume levels are up and down. So when he says Rocky and Bullwinkle, the sound level changes. You can tell it's been added in. And I don't think um, his lips are matching everything that, that's said it's there. probably because he moved over to the door and maybe the boom mic didn't follow him or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, there's a few other places, yes, that we will point out, of course. I think it's in the scene when he comes back excited about his father. Suddenly he says something really loud and then the level comes back down. Anyway, the volume levels are off. It's overdubbed. Lips don't match. (laughs) Things like that. Yeah, lots of that in this episode. Great episode, but as a whole, a lot was kind of like pieced together, maybe in the end, you know. But they were trying to make it great. Uh, I understand. I was kind of thinking of Maddie, like her, okay, if she went to New York, I just have written here, we, you know, we're kind of reminded and we can see, you know, again, that Maddie's not used to men talking to her like this. Like David is a different breed. How he's like in her face, he's, you know, like a soft voice, like prying about New York one or two and um, him being jokey, him, this, you know, the whole Maracas thing, which we'll talk about in a minute. Just he's a different breed. You know, Maddie's not really used to, I'm sure everyone in New York just seemed boring compared to David. Like no man's going to hit on her like this. You would think that it would make her appreciate him a bit more this year. 
I know. And I think at first it does, which is why she says what she says at the end mm. of the scene. Because I think that's true. I think she really did. But yeah, lots more to talk about there, but we won't get into that. So anyway, where was he keeping those Moroccos, Grace? <laughs> that's what I want to know. He's got so many things under this poncho. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So funny, huh? So he bought her a present and he goes, Got you a little something. You did. Thank you. Told the sales lady you already had nice maracas. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, and Maddie's face is like, oh, yeah, she's shocked. And then, yeah, unfortunately, there's a knock on the door. Word must be out. I bet that's somebody that wants to see you shake him. And she's like, <laughs> she again. I'm like, wow, David, my God. So funny. Thank you for supporting us, Moonlighting fans. We hope you are enjoying our episodes. And if you feel so inclined, Shauna and I would be very appreciative if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts so that we know we're on track with our content and continue to provide you with a great experience. And then Agnes walks in. Miss Hayes, Mr. Addison. Excuse me. Always do. Always do. He yeah. wants to be alone with Maddie, Shauna. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he seems a little annoyed at Agnes or with Agnes. Yeah. So Agnes brings in all the mail and the phone messages. Another little goof I noticed, when Agnes walks out of sight from the camera, the sound of the door shutting is too soon. Mm. I don't think she would have reached the door yet to shut it. That's happened before, yeah. Mm. Yep. So why has Agnes written out 20 messages for the same person? I know, that's true. Good point. (laughs) Yeah, David Addison, David Addison, David Addison. Is it? You know, <laughs> David Addison. They're all from you. Finally. I would have given up after two or three, but yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, just say like times ten. You know, <laughs> like yeah. You know, Agnes is. I could actually see her doing that. Yes, I think she would be a very organized little secretary and would do one for each message, which is what you're supposed to do. Yep. But Maddie thinks they're all from David. Wait a second. All these phone messages are from you. Huh? Boulder Dash. David Addison, David Addison, David Addison. They're almost all from you. And they're all to me. Finally, someone worth talking to, even though he is never in when I call. (laughs) That's funny. That's a good line. So then he admits that it's his father, and Maddie goes, your father? Why do you sound so surprised? What's so surprising? The fact that I have one or that he admits to it? (laughs) I know that he admits to it, yeah. Yeah. So Maddie has just had a realisation that he is a David Addison Jr. That makes you a junior. David Addison Jr. Never met a sequel before? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So he says it's his father. It's a local number, so he's probably in town on business and wants to catch up with him. Yeah. And then he hasn't seen him for two or three years. So Maddie's shocked by this, that he hasn't seen his father for two or three years. Well, you know, fathers and sons, oil and water. Okay, so he says something oil and water, okay? And then he says Joan and Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what that's a reference to? No, I don't know what Joan and Johnny is. Okay. (laughs) I didn't either, but I just learned. And, you know, it's so funny. So I was like, what is this Joan and Johnny? Because, you know, these things fly past us. And I've heard that so many times and never even thought about what it meant, but always kind of wondered. It has crossed my mind before. So I just, you know, did a little Google Joan and Johnny. You know what it refers to? Oh, my God. I'm sitting down. (laughs) You're sitting down, Jake? Are you sitting down, Grace? Joan Rivers and Johnny Carson. So Johnny Carson, you know, was the host of The Tonight Show forever, right? 
Joan Rivers would fill in for Johnny when he was gone. Oh, and, is that so? In, okay. in early 1986, the Fox Network was starting up and they offered Joan her own show that was competing with Johnny's. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, dear. And, and Johnny wasn't happy about that. Oh. So that's why it's like oil, water, Joan, Johnny. Yeah, well, you know, father, sons, oil, water, Joan and Johnny. And he goes, just kidding. So that was probably like just a big news item at the time, you know, especially in Hollywood. But you know, it's really funny how the universe works. I was talking to my parents. It was like a few days ago, last week. Okay. We were watching TV or something and there was a clip. There was a picture. There's something Joan Rivers came up. You know, we mentioned Joan Rivers. We mentioned, you know, Johnny Carson or something like that. My dad said, Oh, and they had a big falling out over that. I don't know. It was a little conversation, just a short conversation about, oh, and Joan Rivers. And she used to, well, no, she hosted the Tonight Show, you know, when, jo- when Johnny Carson wasn't there or whatever. And my dad said, yeah. And then they had a big falling out. And I had never heard that before, ever. Oh. And I go, they did? And my mom goes, oh, yeah, because uh, she was going to be the host of another talk show that was going to compete with his. That literally, we just had that conversation in my house a few days ago. That's never come up in my entire life. And then when I just do this quick little Google, it's that story that we were just talking about a couple days ago. Isn't that weird? That is. I never heard they had a falling out. I just always heard that she, and I had seen that, you know, she was his replacement once in a while when he would be on vacation and whatever. Anyway, how weird is that? Wow. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, yeah, you're right, how the universe works. Yeah. Yeah. Like these little things come up like out of nowhere, just a total. Yeah. And it relates to the episode we're doing at the moment. I know. Crazy. Weird. Very strange. But anyway, that's what that Joan and Johnny refers to, which is so okay, crazy. Okay, so that's Joan and Johnny. All right. Yes. Oh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I've written here? What? I would have loved for this scene to end differently. Really? What did you want? Well, she says, missed you. Yes. And he comes back and says, what, what was, was that? that? What was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she says, you heard me. Puts her maracas on the shelf. Mm-hmm. But he walks off. I don't yeah. like that. I don't like and that. And he leaves. I think it should have been exactly that, exactly how it went, except he doesn't walk off. They both stare at each other and fade out. Okay. I think that would have been nicer. Just putting that out there. Missed you. What was that? You heard me. I mean, it still leaves you wanting and wondering. So it's not like they kissed or anything. It would have been nice if they did, but they weren't going to do that. But that would have been nice if he had stayed in the doorway and they just looked at each other and fade out. What do you think, Shauna? I don't know about that. I wanted him to say, missed you too, or something, you know. Um, But he was kind of off to, we think, it's kind of germane to the episode, Grace, because we're thinking, is it germane to the game? I think that we need to think that he's off to call his father back. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We're assuming now the first thing he's going to do is go call his dad back. So I think like his movement out of the office is needed. 
Yeah, but he had the thing in his hand, so it was obvious that he was going to go and do that. I just feel it cuts off wrong. Just my thought. That's just my opinion. Oh, no, I know. Of course. I don't. I, I don't. For, to me, it doesn't. I don't need it. It doesn't make a difference to me. Um, surprise, she watches, I'm surprised. Are you? She watches him walk off and she kind of smiles looking after him. I don't know if I need them gazing into each other's eyes, I guess, at this moment. Hmm, okay. Cool. But I actually kind of like how she kind of watches him walk away and kind of smiles after him. Just kind of smiling. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Um, and the next scene is kind of a nice scene that we don't really see that much. I mean, I guess we do see Maddie stay late and the, you know, stay late working sometimes and stuff like that, but she's, we just don't see this, I guess sometimes, or we haven't really seen this Maddie working late by herself in the office. She's obviously in there probably catching up from the holidays and stuff. And then the phone rings and why, why does she so want to answer the phone? I guess just in case it's a client, just let them know they're back. That's the only possible reason. What's also surprising too, is that, Agnes hasn't changed the message. Yes, it's that same message. So it is, yeah, a little bit important that Maddie probably gets the phone so they don't think that she's still, yeah. they're still on holiday. But why um, couldn't she answer it in her office? Is it because, probably because she can't stop the machine in her office, so she has to run out. Okay, and so here's, you know, case in point to the cold open, that phone just randomly rings on Maddie's desk when it would normally ring in the main office and then Agnes would transfer it in yeah, you know that's right but the call rings right to maddie for some reason in that cold open you know but it suits moonlighting to do it that way on that particular day <laughs> you can answer the phone okay. in there, but no but today okay. no today no you can't answer the phone in your office maddie nope. you to come out to agnes's office yeah that day it's not going to ring into maddie's office and she's going to say hello blue moon you know maddie hayes and you know where she didn't in the cold open she was like hello um, but, um, did you notice when she is, you know, she's picking up the phone, she's trying to turn off the, yeah, here's another eighties throwback, by the way, your voice mail recording thing, whatever, what do we call those things? Message recorder. Well, the answering oh, machine. The answering machine. Thank you. <laughs> answering machine. She's like pressing all these buttons, like trying to turn it off, turn off the message, mm. but it turns off when she's actually not pressing a button. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Another goof. <laughs> this episode's full of them. Oh, my God. This episode is seriously all over the place. <laughs> she's just like, tap, 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 tap. Hold on. Let me turn this off. You know, she's like pressing a bunch of buttons. And when her finger's not touching any button, it turns off. Pretty funny. Yeah. I think she went on a bit too long pressing the buttons. <laughs> totally. she could have just pressed a couple and stopped and let them worry about the audio later you know yeah, yeah. i know yeah she she could have just pressed like two buttons mm. different hair again <laughs> yeah. more of a helmet more sprayed different part i love how you call it a helmet you're so funny it does it looks like that but anyway uh, maddie's talking to david's dad i kind of like what goes on between like this conversation and David Sr. being in David's office later, like it's all done through Maddie, you know? So that means that they talked a few times, kept in touch. He came in, he met with Maddie, you know? She put him in David's office and... Yeah, that's true, yeah. And he's basically saying like, he won't pick up. And Maddie's like, I'll talk to him. 
I would know, like she's like, just to have seen more of Paul Sorvino in this episode. And we'll talk well, about that later because, yes, yes. I know. <laughs> we'll get to that. Well. <laughs> but, yeah, there's not enough of him. That's what I feel. I agree. But anyway, yeah, so David's dad's trying to get a hold of him and Maddie's like, he told me he was going to call you. and Yeah, so she checks the number with him and he's ringing the right number, but he can't get through to David. And she hangs up the phone very suspicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure does. She wears the white dress a lot in this episode too. She wears that for quite a long time. For those couple, but now it's about to change. And then we get feet out of the elevator again, but this time they're David's. They're David's. How exciting. So it's the next morning and he comes out of the elevator mm-hmm. singing Tequila by the Champs. I love this song, Shauna. And that song, let me tell you a little bit about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tequila is a 1958 Latin-inspired surf instrumental written by Chuck Rio and recorded by the Champs. Tequila became a number one hit on both the pop and R&B charts at the time of its release and continues to be strongly referenced in pop culture to this day. And how mm-hmm. true is that? Because it's also in another Six Degrees of Moonlighting, the song's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. The movie. Oh, okay. Because they reference moonlighting in that in that movie. So. Oh, yes. Yes, and perfect song for David. Oh, it's perfect. Tequila. <laughs> David right there. He would have had plenty of tequilas in Mexico. Oh, God, yeah, tequila on the mind, I'm sure, on the brain. <laughs> He's still in holiday um, mode, though, Shauna. I know, he hasn't gotten out of it. But so interesting, and maybe that's what he was doing last night, you know, tequila, right? Because... He's acting very happy for someone who's actively dodging his father. So I don't know if he's putting on a little bit of a show like, oh, I'm just so happy and I'm just so busy. But he knows his dad's been trying to get a hold of him. Maybe he was out all night before because of his dad was trying to call him. Yeah. Was he ignoring the calls? Somehow he knows like that he hasn't called his dad back and that his dad's been trying to ring him. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if he's acting happy or just David, but. He's pretty happy for a guy who's dodging his father. Well, I don't know how he thinks he can get away with dodging his father. I know. We'll talk more about that. But anyway, he's singing tequila and we see his feet dancing down the hallway and all that stuff. But when he opens the door and enters Blue Moon, he's whistling a different song. Yes. Which I think is Three Blind Mice. Yeah, I think it's Three Blind Mice too. Yeah. I don't know if that's, I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, with the music, a lot of times they pick songs that mirror what's going on in the episode i just don't know if that's a random choice by bruce or three blind mice is this i don't know is this relating at all to the episode hmm. i don't know not really not really so they've got a whole plan worked out here it seems maddie definitely was like do not let david go into his office until he talks to me that was agnes's orders from maddie because he walks in and oh mr Edison, i'm good to hear you and your entire gender, Agnes. You and your entire gender. <laughs> <laughs> Agnes and then she says, No! I mean, yes, but 
No, Mr. Addison. How'd you do that? Could I see you in my office, please? And he no. turns her out and he gives her a dagger. Like, what? What do you want to do? Yeah. Like, how dare you? And he, she gives him a newspaper. Excuse me, you wouldn't want me. Everybody wants me. We were like, yeah, we do. Yeah. Because <laughs> how did you do that? Can yeah. I see you in my office, please? The camera slides from Agnes over to Sybil. And this is my favorite outfit of all time. Ah, okay. Really? This gray one. Especially how she's standing there in the doorway with her arm up. She does look very sexy and in these scenes in general, like when she leans. That's funny. Okay. I was trying to guess what your favorite dress was. And I thought it was going to be the teal one that she wears to the party. That's all sparkly. That is beautiful too. Yes. But for some reason, I just love this. I just love this gray outfit. I don't know why. Yeah, it is pretty. It is very pretty. And look at her waist. See, her waist is super tiny here. Like she definitely lost some weight during the break. Not that she needed to. Not that she Um, needed to, no. And it is very flattering when he enters the office, her office, and she shuts the door and she leans against it. She looks really sexy. So, yeah, it really suits her. And super flattering. That's what I, I really like about it. It's flattering. It really suits her. And I love the exaggerated sleeves. And the stripes. Yeah, I think she wears, she might wear this again in season five, maybe. And she's acting sexy in it too. She keeps kind of like um, shifting her weight from one hip to the other, kind of. Yeah, she's really good at using her body, using her eyes. Want to tell me about it? (laughs) She's very sultry. She's very sultry and she's um, very clever in her approach to the whole thing because she knows what she knows and he doesn't know what she knows. (laughs) Uh (laughs) This is true. So she quizzes him about not contacting his father, but he goes, well, the man is my father. The man who taught me about shaving, about women, about shaving women. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when we're seeing Maddie from behind, do you think it's Maddie or her double? No, I think it's her double. The hair looked different to me. Yep, and we're not seeing any of Sybil's face, so we're only seeing the shoulder and the hair. Mm. So, yeah, it's only from Sybil's side that you see both of them. And, gosh, Bruce just, Bruce is, you know, he's going up on that hot meter scale, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He looks so cute here. He does. I absolutely love when when he stands up, he slaps her thigh twice. Does he? As he's getting up off the couch. I'm watching it now. Oh, he does too. Yeah, I never noticed that. That's so good. I love that. So he's pretending like he's been talking to his dad all along. You know, it's nice talking to my dad. Yeah, you know, and she's like, mm-hmm, you're full of it. He's quick on his feet to respond to Maddie, making out that he spoke to him. Too good of a liar. And? Of course I spoke to him. Really? And? And? It was nice. And the reason we couldn't get together today was because he had to go back to Philadelphia on business. And, and. And he's in your office. And he's in your office. <laughs> and boy, he does a Mia Copa. He kind of cops to it right away, though. He doesn't take it any further. Yeah. Okay. So this is where I really, I don't get it. It's not explained well. What's his problem with his father? You know, I think David says here, he just... He makes me sound ungrateful. Mm. And then, you know, but I, my notes, it says sound or seem ungrateful. I think he says he makes me 
sound ungrateful. And that is why I am such a jerk. Mm. You know, it's just like he acting like his father has told him, you know, that you're ungrateful. You're a jerk. You're this, you're that kind of acting like, I don't know. What's it's not clear to me, like what the problem is, especially with the next scene when David and his dad are in the same office. Gosh, it's like a David we'd never seen before. He's like this really angry, can't look him in the eye, body language. Everything is just like, I don't like you. And I wish you weren't here. But David's father isn't acting like that. He's acting like, gosh, it's good to see you. And wants to hug, finds a way to hug him and touch him. And, you know, there must have been a fight last time, right? They left on bad terms. Maybe he felt that he didn't live up to his father's expectations or something. But his father's such a sweetie. Unless he wasn't when he was growing up. I know. And he he says he wasn't interested in us when we were kids, you know, that kind of thing. So probably busy at the fish market. Yeah. David is such a happy-go-lucky guy. And I know family is different. Family's family. And there can be lots of things you know going on in the family. But um, it just is kind of like, all right, fine. There's been some falling out or his dad makes him feel ungrateful, whatever the thing is, sound ungrateful. Uh, has told him, you know, he's a jerk, whatever. And, and, you know, probably David is a jerk sometimes and, and all of that. But then we get the total opposite. Like he's so happy for him when he finds out he's getting married. You know, he's like beyond, oh man, I'm so happy for him. And it's just a total shift. I like, know, he's got mixed it. emotions. He's all over the place in this scene. Yeah. I just feel like, and I know there is, and Danielle sent us an email about it. It seemed like there was a lot of rewrites. We know big scenes were cut out. Yes, um, I'll read her email at the end, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it makes sense to do that because it's some interesting information. Yeah, it's just kind of like we're not getting any backstory about what happened with David and his dad. Not that we need to have everything explained, but it just seems, again, a little out of character. Like he's such a happy-go-lucky person. He's dancing down the hall, singing tequila. And, you know, even some of the things like his dad brings up, you know, that's stuff that David would love to talk about. Like, you know, his dad's like, well, what about her? You know, I'm batty. And, oh, she looks like she was a model. And anything happening between the two of you? And what a great job you get to sit here and look at her all day. Come on, that's all things David would want to be like. <laughs> Basically, yes. But he's completely opposite. He's not having it. Doesn't want to discuss Maddie. So in a way, he is a little bit like his dad because his dad's like, oh, yeah, must be nice working with her, looking at her all day. And, you know, he's very similar yeah. in a way. Yeah, they are. They are for sure, you know. So, yeah, I just don't get where all this animosity is coming from. He's all over the place. He doesn't know how to feel. Yeah, and, and it gets I'm, worse. Yeah, I'm just not sure it, it's fully fleshed out in the script. Like I'm sure I'm not sure he Bruce as an actor knows. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just doesn't yeah. seem clear. Yeah, it's not explained what the major problem was between them. The only thing that is explained is that he didn't give his two boys a lot of attention. We do hear that. Yes. So that's the only thing. And he probably resents that. Because he mentions it to Maddie. So, yeah. Bruce has really had a lot of hair loss when he's standing in Maddie's office and you get that side view. You can see a lot of the bald patches. Yeah. It's it's so short. Later episodes when you can, it's just obvious that they had to color in a lot of that, you know, but they haven't really done it yet. But yeah, losing that hair very quickly. I like his hair. Like, this is classic Addison, right? This hair, though, you know. And that's why he says, Oh, I like your haircut. (laughs) I like your hair. I like it short. I mean, he wants to impress his dad. He like pulls up his tie. He fixes his hair, you know, like he wants to look good. I do like that he's confiding in Maddie there. 
Maddie and David are close here. They have a different relationship now. You know, it's been a few years. They talk to each other. And that's good that he's telling her about he didn't tap Mm -hmm. into those genes, he thinks. The other thing that I think is funny with uh, him and his dad talking in the office, and I know his dad's there for a wedding and all that stuff, but his dad's a fisherman. But what's he wearing, Grace? (laughs) (laughs) A full suit. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean a full suit with the, you know what I mean? Like midday, got the kanky in the pocket, you know? I mean, people barely get dressed up for an actual wedding in a suit like this these days. And he's just there visiting his son in a full suit. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. But they both look handsome in their suits. Yes. And I like this conversation like David Addison, I presume. David Addison, I presume. David Addison, I presume. I don't know. I've written here, does he think he's not good enough? I think he wants his father to be proud of him. But he's doing great. His dad is super impressed with the office. He's been to Mexico, for God's sake, <laughs> on his holiday. And world traveler. World traveler. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit kind of thrown it in your face. Like, oh, look at you, Mr. Big Shot. You know, that is a little bit. You get maybe a little glimpse of a little bit spiteful. Hey, he's a hardworking guy. They had a two-week vacation. You've been ducking me pretty good last couple no, of days. Yeah, he's been ducking. Yeah, he just got back in town. I uh, was down in Mexico. Getting a little tan. Mexico. Oh, Nice. Big shot, look at you. World traveler. Mexico's only about an hour flight, by the way. I was going to say, it's it's not Aruba, as he says in another. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Uh, Yeah, it's just like going to another state, really, even though it's over the border. But Yeah, 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 it's super close. So So anyway, they have a little back and forth. David's cold as ice. I think it's cute that his dad finds a way to hug him. Yeah, he stares at him. He really does. You can just feel the tension in the room and there doesn't seem to be any reason for it because his father is not acting like an asshole. No. So you're sort of wondering because he seems very nice and very friendly and and he's really trying to strike up a warm conversation and you can yep. tell the father's nervous too. Very much so, yes. David Addison, I presume. I think it's great that he's a junior. How great is that? Love it. <laughs> That's great. So his dad's very impressed with his office. He's impressed with Maddie. You and her? And he's like, no. You mm-hmm. get to sit and look at her all day? What about that blonde, huh? She's something. She could be a model, you know that? Wow. She was a model, Dad. Oh, yeah? Was she married or something? No, not married. No? You and her? No. No, she's not married. I bet the guys are lined up from here to Alaska for her, right? That's a good job. You get to sit and look at her all day. <laughs> so the father's trying to lighten the mood. Yes. You know, so how are you? But David doesn't reply to that. And, and that's when he says he has to make conversation. So he says, I like your hair. It's nice and short. It's about 20,000 hair short. Which is probably true. Mm-hmm. And they have a big hug, which is nice. And he says, hey, world traveler, you want to take a walk? Which now. they do. They do, because mm-hmm. we can see parts of it in the promo. That's There's right. a promo for this episode, and we can see two clips of David and his dad walking where Blue Moon would be located. You see that building behind them and everything in Century City. We will put that promo on our website. So if anybody wants to see the promo. Um, I think I've already done it. Okay, because we're going to try to put more on the website for little extras for people to go to and look at after they listen to the podcast. So 
That's one of the things that Grace has put up there, the promo for this episode, so you can easily go and find it. And you can see the extra scenes that were cut out, including David and his father go for a walk. Whatever they talk about, we don't know, but David comes back very excited. Yeah, because you can see the scene where him and his father are walking outside and he says something about boxes of fish. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he says, and then he died. I don't know. I wonder who he was talking about there. He says, I think he died. Yeah. I would love to know what that deleted scene was. I met the Holy Lama. And then he died. Got you a little something? Silly putty. What? Boxes of fish. Not to mention, sleep dog in the neck. Now I remember why I needed a vacation. I know. So, okay. You know, when they're streaming, Disney, Hulu. (laughs) uh, These are some scenes that you can put back in or just show us as extras or, yeah. Love Come on, they're that. in a vault somewhere. Just get them out. You don't want them collecting dust. No, nope. we want to know. <laughs> so they transition from, I'm going to go for a walk, to David flying in <laughs> Maddie's office, slamming open the door. Door slam number three. Door slam number three. And Maddie's taken aback and startled. David's beyond happy all of a sudden. Yeah, he's he's so happy for him. It's It's such a contradiction. I'm confused as to how he's feeling right now. It's a roller coaster ride with David in this episode. It really is. I know the the emotions are all over the place. He's getting married. Who's getting married? My old man. That's son of a David. No, no, I'm son of David. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's cute. <laughs> and I love how he sings. Um, Here comes the bride. How cute is it that Maddie has one of her maracas on her desk? Because <laughs> she put yes. them up on the shelf. Has she taken one down to, like, look at it? <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. Well, she only put one on the shelf in the previous scene. So okay, that's what I was wondering. Desk. Yeah. Okay, and one's on the desk, right? They're beaming here, both of them. It's like, how wonderful. Oh, I love it when they have a normal conversation, like normal people. I know, this is one of the few. <gasps> So David is really happy for his father and that he's been lonely for a really long time. Yeah, see, now he's like feeling all sympathetic for his dad and happy for him. And Yeah, I love how he says, I don't know, know, but he loves her and they are getting married. I wonder if he has to. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) That's great. I love it. Thank you for listening to The Sun Also Rises Part 1. Stay tuned next week for Part 2. Well, until next time. I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening to to Moonlighting Moonlighting the Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.